Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and of the Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and there will be created, and shall renew the face of the earth. O God, God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit that we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I am super excited today to have a very close friend and an amazing Cajun Catholic, the most analytical guy I've ever met in my life, Mr. Kevin Norman. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is uh, exciting. It's a long time coming. Man, a long time coming. Kevin's in our prayer group and um, just been a blessing in our lives. And today's co-host is no stranger to the show, Mr. Calvin James. Amen. I thought you were the host. The famous Calvin James. Uh, And so let's get going. So, Kevin, um, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I'm a Cajun Catholic. I'm a raging Cajun. Uh, Got two degrees from UL. Uh, Grew up in Lafayette. And um, have a, a wonderful family, close-knit family. My, both of my parents are from uh, Avoyles Parish, which is uh, right inside the border of Acadiana, if, you know, if you're familiar with that. My wife, uh, Dana, is from Karen Crow. Uh, she's a conch, so she's related to some people around here. Absolutely. And, and um, my children um, have two teenage boys. One of them is uh, 18, just graduated Lafayette High and moving on to LSU. We're re- really, really excited. Oh, Tigers. Really excited about, about him and his future. My uh, second son is uh, 16, and my daughter will be soon eight. 16. That's there right. Comes up every Magic show. number. <laughs> if you listen to the show, you know that's my Holy Spirit number. Uh, so I know that your children are definitely your pride and joy. They're just wonderful, wonderful people. I, I've had the great luxury to fish with a couple of your boys and i believe with your dad and you have a just a, a marvelous family your daughter's you. an angel um but kevin um where were you born originally you mentioned you've been living in lafayette but where, where you were you born i was born you're gonna like this in baton rouge because uh my my dad had just graduated from lsu okay um, uh and uh they were my, my parents were still living there at the time but very quickly they moved to uh new iberia and then when i was four I moved to Lafayette. Okay. I'm going to ask another question. I'm going to turn it to Calvin. But, you know, Kevin has a deep, deep faith and, uh, and a cursiesta like, like, like all of us here in the booth, you know. But what, what point in your life did you, did you really turn your life over to Christ and, and really have that? Did you have a big conversion moment? I did not have a distinct conversion moment, but that's a great question, Todd. And I, um, it's something that you think about a lot, especially as you grow in your faith. You think back into what, what was the trigger? What did it for you? You know, how can you help spread this to others? What, and for me, it was literally just um, the responsibility of having children. I always was a cradle Catholic. I, did, I went through the motions. I never, actually, I never stopped going to church. Thank, thank God for that. Uh, God was always with me as a child. And I can come back to that in a moment because... Um, in a big way, when I in ways that I, I never asked for, but I felt his his guiding hand. But when we got married, Dana and I did um, twenty year twenty one years ago, and 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 it's just really been a blessed marriage, and I'm so so grateful for the person that she is in my life. But when we uh, when we got married, we were still 
uh, doing all the right motions, but not really going deep into our faith yet. And it was when we had our first child that I felt the responsibility that I needed to be uh, larger than a bigger person and um, a, a true spiritual provider uh, along with my wife for my family. And so that's really what kind of pushed me forward and to go deeper and to start to start learning more. Then my wife was invited to Crescio uh, the year before I went, and that was transformative for us. Even before that, actually, we started doing a... Um, um, uh, a, a, like a, a, a study group at St. Pius called Familia. My wife did the ladies group. I did the men's group, and it was fantastic. We had we got to build relationships with people, with friends. We made friends that were lifelong friends that we're still friends with. Um, but we learned about our catechism in a powerful way, and we we read some of the um, the encyclicals from the popes. That was all part of this program that was published, and it was a powerful program that that really started our transformation. And then Crescio just uh, sealed the deal for both of us. Now, that uh, program you just spoke about, you were doing that in your house? No, that was at St. Pius Church at the time. They, were, they, they had organized it there, and so we would go and meet in a small group, you know, six, eight guys, and uh, dive in deep. Yeah. Well, uh, listening to your story, Kevin, I want to say that uh, I met you because of Crescio. met at Crescio, and then everything exploded from there. However, this is more for the audience. We know that God's promises are true in our lives when we're true to him. So I had a chance to spend some time with you at our Mercy Conference, Men of Mercy over at, uh, in St. Martinville, and I met your dad, and I met your brother. But your dad is the key to who you are today because there are promises in the Bible. And I want to say the same thing about Todd, that if a parent lives a certain way, the children can benefit from it. So this is why it's important to have faith-believing parents. Absolutely. And I think that this is why you are so successful as a man of God in your family right now, because of the commitment that your dad is making or has made, and uh, that's phenomenal. So when I met your dad, that sealed the deal in you and I's relationship. <laughs> I just hey, wanted to say you, that. You're absolutely right, Calvin. My parents, I, I need to make sure that they, they get the credit they deserve uh, my parents did separate when I was young, but uh, both my mom, where, who I lived with and grew up with in Lafayette, and um, my dad and, and his, uh, uh, his wife, he, uh, who, who were both um, kind of uh, my, my parents on the side for, for so many years, and I would visit them frequently. I spent a lot of time with them. They all just um, lived the faith well and um, never, never, never um, steered away, never ventured away. And so set the example for sure, yeah. you know, but as I said, as I was growing up, I didn't, I never um, had a strong, deep kind of relationship with God that, that I, I want for my children today. Um, and that I, that I, that I, that I cherish so much now. But what I did do was I continued to go through and do the things that I knew I was supposed to do that I was taught because, you know, I, we all get doubts. Right, especially when we're young, teenagers, twenty-somethings, we all get doubts. But what kept coming back to me was, who am I to 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 to, to doubt or to question two thousand years of of intellectual and spiritual foundation that has been laid for us, right? And that that kept resonating. It kept coming back to me. And so, even though I wasn't feeling it all the time, and I knew there was something more to feel, I kept I kept going back. But the other thing was. At so many points in my childhood, I had the opportunities to make terrible decisions, 
the, the, the kids that I grew up with, with in my neighborhood, not all, they weren't all the best influences, you know? And I had a lot of opportunities to fall off the cliff. I really did. But they, somehow God um, would, would always be there and guide me the right direction. Even though I didn't know it was him at the time, I, was, I, I always kind of stood up for what I, I deep down knew was the right thing, and I would turn away from, from those, those temptations or those, those uh, uh, forces pulling in my life. And that's what kept me on the right path. And it was later in my life that I realized what a blessing God was for me and what's coming to me now is, with, through my new um, consecration to St. Joseph that I just completed uh, mm. recently, uh, perhaps it was St. Joseph as well holding my hand and guiding me as a loving uh, Heavenly Father, uh, you know, under, under, obviously under God's promise and direction. The Holy Spirit always, always comes down upon us in, in this booth and, uh, and, and leads the conversation. We Amen. really don't plan much of what we talk about here. Don't need to. But this is clear to me, you know, what today's um, interview with Kevin is really about. is It's really about being a father and being a, a, a good parent. And as Calvin said, I believe, I'm not going to embarrass myself, but I believe the third commandment is honor your father and your mother. And, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And Calvin has, has told me throughout my life how important being a, a parent is and how you know, that, that, that prayer of your parents and I guess that, or that protection that they provide through prayer and through, through their whole, their, their relationship with, the, with, 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 with Jesus makes for the success of the child. And it's li in living color with Kevin. His devotion is to St. Joseph. We talked about that coming over here and that's what's on his heart. And, and that's what, you know, you could define him, I think, in such a beautiful way because his children are not only they're not only brilliant kids and, and, and wonderful souls, but they're, 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 they're soldiers for Christ, I think, yes, going to be definitely. for sure, no question about it. So what would the kids, <laughs> I wish I had the kids here uh, to, <laughs> to ask them questions about Kevin, but I think about the kids. What would the kids say um, is, is, is what motivates you, Kevin? I mean, what, 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 uh, what, would, what, what would the kids answer to that question? And if they would say, Kevin... You know, Dad, I wish you could do, just do one thing a little differently. What would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we could ask them that question. Too, but what would, gonna, what would you say? I'm going to get it wrong. Well, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit guide. The word righteousness came to mind. Not that I claim to be a righteous person, but, but I think if, 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 if you were to put my kids on the spot, they might say that, that that's um, a trait that, that I'm striving for them to follow. And the thing that they would change, they would ask me to change or want me to change about is... Um, Maybe being a bit less rigid in that righteousness, you know, and, and, and allowing them to, to uh, just be themselves a bit more. A little less militant. And uh, <laughs> I would bet they would say, I know you travel a lot. I bet they'd like you to be around more. Yeah, well, lately they've gotten that, that wish. <laughs> <laughs> you see how the Lord works, you yeah. know. The, the virus right. isn't always necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most Cajun Catholics I've met all loved retreats. And oh, my. I, I talked to Kevin about a few retreats he's been on, and he's been on many. But I'd like for him to share with the audience one or as many as he think that he can in this time frame about Madrigal. Oh, wow. So my wife and I had the blessing, the real true blessing of uh, going to Medjugorje 
in 2011. And believe it or not, they keep stats on the attendant, the, the crowds there, based on how many communions yeah. are, are distributed. Mm. And the, the week that we were there, I'm not kidding, had the highest attendance ever in Medjugorje. Wow. Um, and, and that was uh, the, the feast of the youth festival that they had uh, in the first week of August um, in 2011. We did not plan it that way, and nor would we have, right? We would not want to be there when it was so crowded. <laughs> the place was crowded. But um, the experience was absolutely beautiful. It was powerful. It, it comes back to Dana and I repeatedly, over and over. We, we think back to the times that we had there, the experiences, walking up. There's two different kind of mountains. There's a hill and there's a mountain, Apparition Hill and Cross Mountain, that you, you can hike up to, and, and, and uh, essentially it's all part of the pilgrimage experience. And we spent a lot of time on those two, those two climbs and, and in prayer, saying a lot of rosaries, um, being surrounded by thousands of Italians saying rosaries in Italian, which was, which was in itself really powerful. Um, uh, I know the, uh, the apparitions of Medjugorje haven't yet been approved by the church, nor have they been uh, denied, so, so it's still a, an open book uh, case. But I can tell you that the, the, the conversion experiences that happen there are real, they're powerful, and that's exactly what Pope Francis has said as well, which is, which is um, one of the reasons why they continue to, to look into the matter. How about Mexico? I know y'all did that as a family. Yeah, that was also really, really, really special. We, we went on a, a family mission trip with FMC, um, down to General Cepeda, which is the, the, the place where FMC really got started doing missions. Beautiful, beautiful experience. The opportunity to bring Jesus to the people out in these pueblos, these little, these little villages away from the city that don't have the opportunity to do praise and worship. To Well, they, they do praise and worship on their own, but they don't have uh, outside visitors to come and lead them in that very frequently at all. In fact, they rarely get mass. Um, said in the, these little pueblos, the opportunity to go out there and minister to, and, and to, to to sing with these people and praise with these people uh, and, and to see the joy on their faces and to hear their testimonies was was unreal and unexpected. I didn't, oh. you know, um, it's something that we'll never forget. In fact, a little story there. We, you know, we thought we were going to bring Jesus to them, and in so many ways, they brought Jesus to us. Oh, right? You just stole my thought. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well, we there. We were there during the. Uh, they have a forty-eight day novena to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and we were there at Thanksgiving, so it was during that time. And as we were inviting people into their little chapel for praise and worship, all of a sudden, someone ran out and said, "Plans have changed. We're going to this lady's house right over here next to the chapel." So we all went in the house, and they were, they were doing their 48-day novena, and it was a, a long series of prayers and saying the rosary in, in Spanish. But to see them minister to us, to clear space in their two-room house, you know, uh, this was a big house. Most of them are one-room houses, but this one was a big house. To clear the, the mattresses, push them against the wall, to run to the chapel and grab pews so that we could sit, and for them to rush off and, and find food that they could serve us, so that we could say the rosary and pray and, 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 and um, participate in this novena with them, that was uh, very powerful. It was really beautiful. It was really humbling, and it really showed Jesus working through everyone um, for everyone. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is <clears throat> Mr. Kevin Norman, and um, Kevin is a flotant like me. He, he attends many different churches. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, but he's a soldier for Christ. And he, we, we all do adoration at St. Pius and on Friday mornings. And 
something that we really love that's a part of our lives. But um, I want to just say that, you know, all you Cajun Catholics listening out there, how many of us actually have a that memory where you went with your mom and your dad on a mission trip? It, it just doesn't happen. I mean, and and this is, you know, why I'm so happy and proud of our region, our but also about where we are in our faith journey as a community, because this is what you're starting to see. You see in families move forward in their faith together. And it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so powerful. And it's a, it's a testimony. And if you want to change the world, bring your spouse, bring your children and take a family vacation on a mission trip. And I, and I can assure you it's a, it's a memory forever, right? Absolutely. And the people that see you do that and the people that come in contact with your family after you're back, I mean, you, you just, it's the old St. Francis, right? I mean, you don't even have to say a word because God's <laughs> all over your face. But uh, so, Calvin, I, I know Kevin is uh, Kevin's a deep thinker. He's the, in our group. He's he, he's the, he's the he's like the textbook. We go to we go to Kevin when we when we need yeah, sure. uh, yep. textbook information. It's not always but, the right answer, but you'll get something. <laughs> I want to get into a little discussion. Uh, the priest talked about in mass and the mass I went to Sunday how people maybe they wouldn't even go to church if they weren't obligated. He made that comment during his homily because a lot of the people after this virus have not come back to church. Uh, they're only accepting 25%, and I think many of the churches are probably closer to 10% attendance. I mean, why do you think that is? Where did where did they go wrong? What, you know, he, he he Kevin, I'll let you comment a little bit about that. Yeah, and I want to comment on that, go too, because actually I was thinking about that this morning. What are your thoughts, Calvin? Well, I was thinking that uh, because of the world, and we have to look at it from a faith perspective. I was thinking about that scripture, and he, he I think that's Hebrews eleven six, where if we believe that God rewards us by faith, we also have to believe that he is a rewarder of us who diligently search for him. Read the scripture, go to retreats, go to mass, go to adoration, all that. So what I'm saying is that in society, I believe that all of this advertised of that coronavirus, we all not the same. There's the faith factor and there's the fear factor. And a lot of people are starting to, is in fear of the unknown. They don't even believe in the system that's providing the information for us. So they're not willing to take that chance. That's what I think. But we have to understand that there's a time when we have to just serve God according to our faith and our belief. And rise above those circumstances. So I believe the soldiers that are out there right now, Todd, that are going to church and showing their, their resilience, pretty soon it's going to have a positive effect on the rest of the community. Now, out of all of the people that are not going to church now, a lot of them are embracing any or every excuse that's available because that's where they, their heart is. Mm. But we got to remember that an excuse is like the skin of a reason mm. stuffed with a lie. So when you peel that skin back, mm -hmm. there's some untruth in there. So we just have to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to hang on to that, that, that metaphor. That's a, that's a good, just for remembering about excuses. I think you're exactly right, Calvin, about, about the fear factor. A lot of people are not sure, and so they just they kind of default to do nothing. But I also think that people are creatures of habits. And our habits got turned upside down a couple of months ago. And so everybody was left to, def to define their, their own new habits and their own new way of day-to-day -day, um, uh, going about their lives. And so it takes proactiveness 
to start going back to church. You have to make that decision for yourself. And not everybody um, has gotten there yet. I think it's going to slowly happen. But a lot of people were going to church before all this happened. Why? Because they go every Sunday. That was their habit. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica, uh, this past Sunday, I was with my family and I... I was really kidding around. I said, why don't we just watch it on TV? We can, right? They told us we could. It's, it's all good. We'll just watch it on TV. And my daughter, Jessica, says, and you can see TV on heaven as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 know it, see, you can see heaven on TV, can, That's right? what I meant. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't talk. Right. You can see heaven on TV. Yeah, uh, that, was a good, that was a good point I there. I like that. Yeah, um, but, you know, it's like this for me. You know, I have such a strong devotion to the Eucharist. I know these guys as well. And I believe wholeheartedly that, that Jesus is in that Eucharist. And I, I just believe that if, if that's true, then they're, they're not, you're not going to catch coronavirus from the Eucharist, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's the core of our belief. And so all these hoops we've jumped through trying to have the Eucharistic ministers and the priests uh, – First of all, they wouldn't give us communion for several months, and I, I don't, I understand, but I don't understand, and and I yearn for the Eucharist, you know, and then now they're trying to find a safe way to hand the Eucharist out, you know, whether it's not in your mouth. What are we going to do about the wine? What are we going to do about the blood of Christ? I, mm-hmm. I, what's the plan? I mean, how, how can we ever partake of the blood of Christ as we move forward? I'm guessing when we listen to this show, we'll know the answer. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the Holy but, Spirit will uh, prompt the men of God in this. To come up with a solution that gets God's favorite. And I believe that. So I'm relying on the men of cloth and the uh, believers' prayers to move forward in this this situation. They talked about, I've been reading about the saints, and they said that when a person has an addiction and they go into uh, an addiction recovery place, they're they're doing the things they have to do because they want to get out. And then when they get out, they go right back to doing what they were doing. But some of the people who go in and recover from addiction, it's a long-lasting effect. And, and what's the difference between those two people? And they said the difference was that surrender, you know, that if you surrender like Mary, like if you surrender to, to, to Christ and to, to, to God's will and that, 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 you know, you can't live your life in an unhealthy way with addictions – and you change your life forever, and 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 I think that's that's very. I well think said. that's um, what true with this with all all of this experience has been a real opportunity to practice faith because yeah. uh, what we need to do is surrender to that faith, and that's what we've been in some ways forced to do lately. Like you can't go to the grocery store without practice some amount of faith. Um, going to church right now is a huge act of faith, and um, it's a beautiful way of saying, "God, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you." Before all this happened, there was so many, so many, such a such a comfortable world we live in here in America. So many blessings, but we're not stretched like we have been recently. I want to say one more thing about that. You know, when the church came to, and, and I know it's not their fault, but when they say to you, you you could be turned away. You can come on to church, and most people go to church in the last five minutes before it starts, or right when it starts. Right, that's just when that's what people do. And when, when you're late, maybe you're getting dressed and whatever, you're getting ready to, for mass, and all of a sudden it's getting real tight, you start thinking, well, man, if I go, they might, they're just probably going to turn me away, and that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think some people, I think they don't go to church because of fear of being turned away, and, mm-hmm. and I get that. And um, so I hope we get back to where we're supposed to be. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's sorry, sorry to see. Fear and doubt is God's end the enemy of faith. Two things. James talked about doubt, 
And then, of course, uh, Paul talked about fear in Second Timothy, where he says that God has not given us that spirit. And I know probably people say, well, it's easy to say that, you know, but it, it, it's hard to do. No, it's not hard to do. Because if you, uh, just like Kevin said, trust in God and give him the responsibility to guide your life. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no guidance. Without Christ, there's no guidance. I'm going to say this phrase, the, the word N K N O W and the word N-O-W. First, K-N-O-W. No Jesus, no peace. N-O. No Jesus, no peace. So I think that's where we find our soulless. That's where we find our sanctuary in Christ. And if we focus on that, then it could probably cloud out the noise that's around us. I never heard that, Calvin. You the man. <laughs> write, writing them down today. Yeah, write them down. It's like a li- I we have to listen to this and just take notes after I've been this pent whole up radio. For a while, you know, he's been <laughs> he's up, been, he up frustration. Uh, okay, a question, Kevin. Since I think today's theme has been Saint Joseph and 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 being a parent and a father, of the three p- persons in the Trinity, who do you feel closest to, and who do you feel furthest from? Huh. That's a uh, parallel. It's a great question, but the answer for me is actually easy, and that's Jesus, the Son. Uh, Only because um, the Gospels make it so easy for us to relate to Him, I think. You know, um, God as man, flesh and blood. The Father, um, I I feel, I guess, um, I've always tried really hard to have a relationship my whole life with the Father, and I I still do, and I think I do, um, uh, uh, but it's a bit fuzzier. Right, and and the Holy Spirit is so mysterious. Um, and and I, I've been to um, Life in the Spirit seminars, and I've, I've you know, um, saying the the Holy Spirit novena right now, and it's just the mm-hmm. gifts are so beautiful, the blessings are beautiful, but the Holy Spirit is still like I'm, I'm as you said, uh, as my wife r- reminds me regularly, analytical, and and so I want to be able to. Uh, understand the shape of this person that I'm that I'm trying to get to know, and the Holy Spirit has no shape, no shape. No shape. So it's uh, it, that's that's interesting. And I know where you are, Calvin. I mean, <laughs> you know, we don't have to go there. <laughs> I think that Calvin and I, I know I can speak for myself. It's definitely the Holy Spirit I'm closest to, and definitely the Father I'm yeah. further from. And I've made, I've in my prayer life, I've tried. I am trying harder to 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 be closer to the Father. I would less, agree, yeah. you know. We we know that those two entities, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God encourages us to seek Jesus first. Everything you do, do through him so we can get lost in the shuffle. But without the Holy Spirit, we're nothing. Less than two minutes left on the show. This flew by because I knew it would uh, <laughs> Kevin ready? and I we, we have these conversations uh, every Friday. But y'all are just getting to listen in now. Uh, so, Kevin, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, hmm. I know you're a young man, and it's not really time maybe to think about your legacy. But but at the same time, you know, we all have the rest of our lives to, to set our legacy. What do you want yours to be? That's a tough one, Todd. I've been letting the Holy Spirit drive again. So the word leadership is coming to mind. And what I really enjoy, what really drives me now, is seeing my children grow, mm-hmm. grow in leadership. And they have such strong qualities uh, that, that will take them there. Each different, but, but, but still very strong. I also enjoy, um, in, my, in my workplace, you said I'm a manager, so I get the opportunity to, to, to mentor and to guide. And, and that really, that really um, uh, fills me with life when I can, when I can somehow um, motivate those around me um, to, to perform to their best. 
Uh, and and I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm by no means no expert at it, but it's something that I want to strive to be better and better at. Well, it's just been such a pleasure having you on the show. Calvin, thank you so much for co-hosting today. Amen. I want to say that Kevin is just my man. He's, he's a prayer warrior yes, for sir. Christ, and we didn't even get touched the surface of what his prayer life looks like and why he's successful in life, but I'm proud to be his friend. We love you, Calvin, and I think we can both say we love you. Oh, definitely. I am very blessed to have you both as friends. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, You've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Uh, We always uh, challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.